We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I noticed this phenomenon of when you're waiting for your friends at the bathroom, there is always a very scary man that comes up and talks to you. He's like the like bathroom gremlin. He just like shows up in different forms every time. But he's always like, "Hey, you waiting for someone?" Was standing there like Like, on my phone. Yeah, I'm waiting to take a shit. Yeah, yeah. I just have to take a poo poo. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm gonna say from now on. Welcome to The Holy Hour, a podcast about sex, relationships, mental health, and everything in between. I'm Amelia Sanson. And I'm Liz Ball. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Holy Hour. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Amelia Sanson. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Liz Ball So Hard. You can also watch us on YouTube or listen ad-free on Patreon at patreon.com slash theholyhour. Check out our merch at theholyhour.com and email us your spicy stories at holyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Before we dive into today's topic, I have um, a fuck, Mary kill for you. Ooh, okay. So I'll tell you why I'm asking this or like how I got this idea after we play the game. Fuck, Mary kill. Electric violin. Okay. Electric triangle. There's an electric triangle? Isn't that dope? What the fuck? Okay. Electric guitar. Electric guitar. Ooh, fucking the electric guitar. Marrying the electric violin. Okay. Killing the electric triangle because I didn't even know it existed till now. So, so it's like you could live without yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's fair. That, I mean, those are good answers. I feel like I would probably marry the marry the electric guitar because mm-hmm. i feel like that's going to be like a a lucrative um husband fuck the electric triangle because that would make a good story and that would probably kill the electric violin um i, I need don't need to, it to be electric i need to know i love a good violin mm-hmm. sexy yeah i just don't need it to be electric that's fair it feels a little over the top mm-hmm. um what what led you to ask oh this? so I hung out with, this is now going to become a podcast of me just talking about conversations I've had with Benign Guy, but I went to the farmer's market with Benign Guy on Sunday, and he was talking about how he had recently seen a podcast live called um, Electric Triangle Live. Fantasy Everything, I think is what it's called. It's like a fantasy, it's like fantasy football, but it's not. It's like they take, it's four comedians have this podcast and they like take suggestions from the audience of like instruments that they would draft onto a team and they all have to like fight for it or like, I don't know, like uh, jobs that they would draft for a team. It's like they get a different idea every week and the the one that he was telling me about was different um, instruments and I was like you know what if i were to because i was like maybe we should do like a draft of like it would be something sex related if we did a draft for something yeah yeah but then i was like that feels like a lot of work for this week so i was like i'm gonna make a fuck mary kill out of all these like stupid electric instruments we could do a draft week for like um super bowl week that's a great idea we'll do that send us some players for our draft (laughs) well first we need to figure out what we're gonna draft yeah i was just about to say maybe like bedroom objects draft um republicans <laughs> yeah because we'll both hate it yeah true <laughs> i don't think i know enough of them no me neither um by design i thought it would be fun to read a listener email that i read the other week that made me laugh love that okay so we got an email nine days ago which by the time this comes out will be more than nine days ago um <laughs> 
for those keeping score at home. Uh, this is in reference to the last episode Amelia and I recorded together. So two episodes ago um, where we talked about we shared the the video of that girl who had gone on a coffee date and just left. So it's about that. <laughs> and the title is, Hi, I'm Oblivious. Um I'm I'm just gonna call him Oblivious because as his name because I don't we don't say actual names. Uh, he said, "Hi, I'm Oblivious, and I represent the Coalition of Oblivious Morons." <laughs> In regards to the listener email you got about the coffee date, uh, well, it wasn't a listener email, but anyways, a coffee date with the in- inconsiderate guy and the long line and stuff. I super appreciate Amelia's devil's advocate take on the story. The guy definitely could have just been like that. He could just lack common courtesy. Or it could have been nerves. I have no idea. But I got pretty insecure listening to that story because I feel like I fuck up in that way all the time. I feel like I have that basic common courtesy and I know the right thing to do, but also completely space out when the moment comes. Example story time. I just went to an auto parts store to get the car battery. To get a car battery. The girl working there was... Um, heart palpitation levels of cute. <laughs> I tried to remain calm and just go about my business. So I told her t- the make and model of the car and she told me the battery number. She went and got the battery and struggled to put it on the counter. Then she casually mentioned she just had shoulder surgery. It wasn't until after I left I realized why the fuck didn't I carry that heavy ass battery for her? <sighs> she told me the part number and gave me all the info needed to get the damn battery myself and what did I do? I just stood there thinking derp derp she's pretty <laughs> Derp, derp. In retrospect, I'm pretty sure she shot me the look of, you're not going to make me get this, are you? After reading the part number, didn't even register. My only defense is that my anxious internal monologue was going full force. I should tell her she's cute. No, I should leave her alone. She probably gets hit on all the time. Besides, isn't that a bit objectifying to compliment her physical appearance? No, actually, I should tell her... No, actually, I should tell her to get over this fear. Tell her she's cute for my own benefit? No, that's stupid, but I'll be alone forever if I never hit on anyone. No, I should leave her alone. She's just doing her job, etc., etc. In short, men are stupid. I know this for sure as a stupid man myself. To be clear, I'm absolutely not defending myself or coffee date guy. I just related to him in that scenario. I know I'm going to fuck up like that whenever it is I actually start dating and I don't know what to do about it. Oh, well. Side note, I recently quit Lexapro after being being on it for three years. I feel better overall, but the anxiety is back. Give and take, I suppose. Love the bo- podcast. Super relatable. Um, the amount of stupid shit that I say when someone attractive is near me is truly incredible. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it was a good call to not hit on someone at work. Absolutely. Oh, I have a story about hitting on someone at work, but I'll, I'll save that for a sec. Um, this seems like a perfect moment to tell us. <laughs> well, so I went to get drinks with one of my friends on last Monday. Um, one of my friends from TikTok. Ooh. I love him so much. Um, and our waiter was like stupid hot. He had like a Spanish accent and he was one of those people that like looked you like dead in your soul when he talked to you and he would like kind of smile when he talked to you. And I'm like, I am getting pregnant talking to this man and every time he walked away both of us because my friend that I was with also likes men and both of us were like what the fuck like every time he would leave we'd be like what the fuck because it was like he was just so sexual and I was like I felt the need to tell this man how beautiful he was that's how beautiful he was but I was like I can't do that at work Mm -hmm. and then my friend that I was with was like well like you know what equality women have to deal with it all the time <laughs> why don't you just <laughs> tell him he's beautiful but um i ordered a very dirty vodka martini from him and i couldn't give him eye contact when i said dirty and then i said that to the waiter i was like i couldn't look at you when i said dirty <laughs> and he was like oh well why not da, 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 da. anyway i'm sure he's actually going to listen to this because the podcast came up <laughs> And then I gave him the name. I wrote down the name of the podcast. Amelia hard pitches our podcast literally any opportunity she gets. I get one drink in me and I'm like. She's like, anyways, I host a podcast. So does my cat. (laughs) He is our third co-host at this point. Anyway, this guy messaged me on Instagram. Is the end of that story. Oh, he did? Mm -hmm. He followed me on Instagram and messaged me. And he was like, hey, Chica, so nice meeting you. And then he told me that he likes uh, my content. So okay. I'm, I'm assuming he's listened. Hello to the holy hour. Welcome. Hello, 
I spilled my drink all over the table while I was talking to him. So back to being embarrassed when you're talking to somebody attractive. By the way, I super missed you last week. Oh, I missed you too. I would like to never have to record without you again. I was like, where was I last week? <laughs> Liz and Mr. Liz were visiting if, Liz's family. It feels like it was way so much longer ago. I know, but it was literally it? only a week ago. Yeah. So much just happened. We've lived so much life together. We since really then. we really have. We went to a disco on Saturday. Mm-hmm for a friend's birthday mm-hmm. and the dj was so fucking annoying he had the worst personality he had his crowd work needed a lot of work he was he kept like <laughs> when he first got on stage he was like he started talking about um enthusiastic enthusiastic consent, consent. Like, he just learned what it was, and he wanted to tell everyone. And then he kept bringing it up yeah. the rest, like, the following, like, three hours. Yeah, it was it was a bit over the top. It was. And then he'd pick up the microphone and, like, start singing. Like, we all came to listen to him and not ABBA. Oh, my God. And then at one point, he, like, disconnected. So we had to, like, listen to music from the bar for, like, I think three minutes. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, there's technical issues. but Yeah, but it was, like, on top of everything else that sucked about him. I was just like, bro, how did you get this job? But I mean, good for you. I'm happy for you that you have. Maybe this is your dream. Anytime he'd talk, me and Mr. Liz would look at each other and just like grimace. Like, oh, this is so awkward. It was too much. It was too much. But, you know, other than that, very fun. Yeah. I noticed this phenomenon of when you're waiting for your friends at the bathroom, there is always a very scary man that comes up and talks to you. He's like the like bathroom gremlin he just like shows up in different forms every time but he's always like you waiting for someone was standing there like Like, on my phone yeah i'm waiting to take a shit yeah yeah i just have to take a poo poo (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm gonna say from now on (laughs) i was not expecting that at all i think that's my favorite thing you've ever said (laughs) i'm gonna start saying that now i have to take a poo poo That was too fucking Uh, good. But they always come up to you when you're waiting at the bathroom and they're like, You you seem pretty bored. That's what they always fucking say. Like, you you look you look pretty bored. And I'm like, I'm waiting for my friend. And they're like, Oh, go go out there and dance. I'm like, you I'm waiting for a friend though. Yeah, like leave 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 me all the way alone. What what are you what do you are you trying to get me away from my friend? Talk to me. Why are you trying to get me away from my friend? Talk to me zero percent of the time is what I wanted to say to this bathroom gremlin. I do have to say, I feel bad for everyone trying to make moves because we're all really like awkward now. That's so true. Nobody knows how to interact. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do I flirt with someone who I think is cute and I want to talk to them a little which bit? Which is just like this email, this listener email, which brings us back to the email. It's so true. It's like how it was difficult before the pandemic. And now it's like, every time I talk to anyone in public, I'm like, um, Amelia. Hello. It's like, I forget my name for like three seconds there. Uh, did you see the girl who came up to me at Mr. Liz and was like petting our vest? Yes. And then she like grabbed your face and she was like, you are so beautiful. And then she walked away and I was like, that girl is on Molly for sure. Absolutely. Because you don't just go up to a stranger and start like touching them. No. But God, I was like, I was very, her. I was like caught off guard. Like she was very nice, but I, I'm, have not had an interaction like that in a long time and you know she was on molly because she was like thinking everyone's like on her level of like oh we're all high on molly and we're connected and we're best friends mr liz looked at me and he was like this is a burning man crew which was so fucking true it really felt like everyone that goes to burning man was at this disco it was a really interesting crowd honestly like burning man is one of those things that is like an ultimate ick to me really yes i think people who go to burning man are fucking weird like name one thing that's more embarrassing than going to burning man <laughs> oh my god that's a hot take i have so much respect because i could For never people going to burning man yeah because i could never survive in those conditions no, then they come back and they're insufferable it's all they talk about and they're like we just trade stuff for other stuff And then they, like, are so, like, anti-capitalist, but then, like, (laughs) do shit, like, do shit that, like, harms the environment to get to this stupid fucking festival. Damn. Hot, hot take. And I've also seen things where, like, people, like, rent out their van, like, their buses and their vans and whatever, and they're like, do not take this to Burning Man. And then they do. These people do. Damn. So they're not, like, fun woo-woo people. They're just, like there to virtue signal and 
be high. I didn't realize this was a hot take. No, I thought it's controversial. I thought everyone thought Burning Man was embarrassing. No. You don't think no, that's embarrassing? No. I mean, like, I can see why, like, your explanation, I, I can understand why it is. But, like, I've just always thought it's, like, I think it's one of those things that, like, I would never do for reasons that I do not like about myself. It's, so I think it that is it's cool. It is, like, a bunch of fucking rich people going into the desert thinking that they're, like, doing something cool and innovative. <laughs> And I think that because that's what the people from Vegas would do. Like, it's, it is oh, a bunch yeah. of, like, fucking tech bros. Like, Elizabeth Holmes was there. What? Elizabeth Holmes, who was supposed to be in jail, was at Burning Man. Which is kind of my idea of jail. So, yeah, there's a lot of, like, rich tech people who go to Burning Man. But anyway. that's my impression of people who go to Burning Man. Because that's the only kind of person I have talked to that has come back from Burning Man. Is, like, rich tech fucks who think they're doing something like really cool and innovative they all give me like elon musk energy Ew, i hate that yeah they're either like elon musk energy or like like books yeah. yeah i mean that's a lot of the people that i've seen that have gone have been books i think that the what like I drugs lo- are their whole personality yeah that that's is that's fine. a huge thing that's fine you do drugs have fun do drugs but don't think that you're like unique and special because you do drugs <laughs> Not everyone needs to do drugs to experience like I had no idea creativity and emotional Im- intimacy. <laughs> I think what I like about Burning Man is like I I what I feel like sus- like at, from like a surface level. If you don't f- look to it too much into like the demographic of the people that go, like on the surface level, I feel like Burning Man is like a dope thing. Like you go, the concept is cool with things as like <clears throat> to like trade. You have to like set up and like live off of the land and then make it look like you were never there. And who knows if they actually do that? I don't know if it's they like, probably don't. Probably not. But that's like the concept. And like I love that shit. It's like we're on sacred land and like we're gonna like have this party and then it's like it never happened. And I think that like the concept of that and the community of that is cool. So like I've just always been like, what a dope idea. And also I would rather die mm-hmm. than go. I was thinking about all these things that I would do if I had like a terminal illness, like what I would want to do that I wouldn't do now. Is Burning Man on your list? No, I thought about it and I was like, no, I don't, no, no, but I would skydive. Have you seen pictures of people coming back or like at Burning Man? They're just like covered in soot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is not fun to me. No, me neither. And you can't shower because like you can't let water touch the ground there. So you have to like. What is it? Lava monster? Like. (laughs) And then they're there for like two weeks. You know it smells insane there. Yeah, it's yeah. like a bunch of white people with dreads. Yeah. That Changed probably didn't mind. shower going there. Like exactly. Before leading up to there. They, they were like, this is perfect because I never shower anyway. <laughs> I, anyway. I don't know. The type of people I've met who come back from Burning Man are just like elitist about. I can't believe we haven't it. talked about this. I thought I had told you how much I like think Burning Man is like embarrassing. No. How did, how did we get on this? Oh, because the people remember. that were there seemed like Burning Man people. Wait, people who were where? At the disco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> where? <laughs> people who were what? What are we talking about? What now? Um, should we jump into your thesis? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So the, the, the main topic of today is the Pete Davidson effect. And there's several, there's several layers that I'd like to get into before discussing the Pete Davidson davidson effect in itself this is something that liz and i are both very passionate about i've also cited a handful of tiktokers and i'll play those when we get there this is insane i had no idea that you had done this much digging i started this morning i love this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This kind of starts with the male gaze versus the female gaze. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to start with the male gaze because I feel like that really lays the groundwork. Uh, the An example of the male gaze is Megan Fox in Transformers. So I'm just going to give a couple of examples to make it make sense. So Megan Fox in Transformers is like hot girl who likes boy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she fixes cars, but then like she is wearing basically no clothes. Yep. Um, or there's what I call um, the mommy baby, which is like Harley Quinn in the first Sui- Suicide Squad movie. So she's like the body of a grown woman, but does baby-like things like... She has pigtails and um, wears a shirt that says daddy's little monster. Um, But then she would do anything to take care of her boyfriend. And she was even like his therapist to begin with. So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah, so it's like a woman who will do anything for you, but then also is like a little bit infantilized. Um, And the male gaze like looks different in each piece of media where like the male gaze exists, which is the idea of... It existing in media is just like the camera is through a man's eyes you know you're watching it from a man's point of view yeah because it's catered to appeal to men like transformers right so the male gaze doesn't only apply to the lens in which men see women but also the way men see other men um it's rooted in patriarchal capitalism as is everything um and it sets the beauty standard for women um the male gaze is explained perfectly in a line uh, in Taylor Swift's 10-minute version of All Too Well. It's my favorite line. The idea you had of me, who was she? A never-needy, ever-lovely jewel whose shine reflects on you. That's... Let's break that down. Damn. The idea you had of me, who was she? Like, we are always, like, seen through this male gaze lens instead of a whole person. Um, A never-needy doesn't ever need anything mm-hmm. ever lovely jewel you're always young and beautiful and bright and those things about you those qualities about you shine that her shine reflects on him mm-hmm. so y- those like desirable qualities about you are just things that exist to make him look good yeah so that line really breaks it down for me um the male gaze is rooted in material items so it's like traditional and marketed physical beauty belongings money it places women in the role of mommy baby so taking care of you putting your needs first having no needs of her own permanently looking young innocent and sexual maven that's a mommy baby (laughs) the characteristics of women are seen as traditionally attractive by men first of all they're always like eurocentric Um, which just means white, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but they're also infantilized. So I explained that a little bit at the beginning, but like to put it into perspective, um, let's reverse the roles for a second. Let's reverse men and women. So let's theorize how men would feel if women were only attracted to hairless, small and petite, polite men that were expected to be submissive to us. If women who found men the most attractive um had no body hair they were thin they had small bodies flat stomachs big eyes and a young face that's a child Mm -hmm. i'm describing a child um so the beauty standard for women is basically just like pedophilia yeah (laughs) so think about that yeah that's so true (laughs) think about that when you are like have some sort of weird intrusive thought about a woman's looks be like is this because i have been taught that the beauty standard is child childlike essentially it's weird super weird um but that's a discussion for another day because uh-huh. i could go on forever about that <laughs> um and le- so let's shift back to the male gaze uh when applied to men it's kind of like the hero's journey so men are the main characters and women are just plot beats or their lessons never learned, and objects of desire. Um, Because the male gaze is so rooted in patriarchal views and physical looks, the men men they expect to attract women are tall, buff guys with money. Because that's what they have deemed attractive. Um, That's what they value, which is appearance and approval from men. Um, (laughs) 
it's it's like kind of a self-perpetuating cycle at yeah. this point. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but that's why they get big mad at men like Pete Davidson, Harry Styles, Timothy Chalamet, because what women like and have any sort of femininity directly conflicts with the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we have talked a little bit about the male gaze <laughs> and all that it entails, we can talk more about the female gaze. And I didn't fully bake all of this out, um, so it's going to get a little more discussion based yeah Uh, now that we've had an intro to the male gaze we can talk more about the female gaze so i gave some movie examples and what men usually are like you know chads or whatever what they think the female gaze is the male gaze but gender swapped so like magic mike Mm -hmm. so it's like sexualizing men but that's not what the female gaze is and Um, I'm going to share a video by a creator that breaks it down like she breaks down like what women find hot and why Mm. I've showed this to you. Okay. Okay. So this video is from mads.ringswaldigan. So M-A-D-S dot R-I-N-G-S W-A-L-D-E-G-A-N. I feel like a lot of men don't really understand the fact that when women say a guy is hot, they don't mean he's not ugly. Like, to women, ugly and hot are not opposites. They're not mutually exclusive, you know? Like, hot is, like, the conclusion, like, the overall conclusion you reach about, like, if you're into a guy. And, like, ugly to handsome is just one axis, right? Then you have boring looking to interesting looking. And then in like the third dimension, you have like his like personality and like the context. So Henry Cavill, I think is a good example. He's handsome. He has good bone structure, but he's not always hot. Like as Superman, too boring, not hot, right? As the Witcher, he has like cool white hair and he's like very gruff and reserved, but he's also very like caring towards animals and children. That's hot, right? When he's like, in person as himself talking about his interests very animatedly he's like i love dnd i built my own pc like here's how i did it like i might as well be pregnant at that point and men don't get why you know so i like the idea of having like an x and y axis to like break down what this looks like so i thought this would be helpful and applicable to like breaking down the male and female gaze um And the female gaze isn't as simple as the male gaze. So I made an X and Y axis for the male gaze. The X axis is ugly to hot. Mm -hmm. And the Y axis is just nice to mean. And then any 3D context that's added are things like money, job, social status. Just kind of these physically tangible things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for the female gaze... Like she said, hot is the overall conclusion. It's not even on the axis. It's just like what you find you're attracted to. Um, And I think the female gaze is a lot more like subjective. So the X axis, like she said, is ugly to good looking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the Y axis is boring looking to interesting looking. And then the 3D context is like personality, interests, hobbies, how he treats service workers, Mm -hmm. opinions, things that are harder to measure and like are subjective um and i also think that this really ties into the sauce and i'm going to share a video from another creator who explains what the sauce is because i didn't make this up like i also don't know if she made it up but she just calls it the sauce and this creator is texas garden fairy and it's spelled how it sounds (laughs) But yeah, there's a little thing that I like to call the sauce. Um, what was really interesting to me living in LA and hanging out with or being around people who like have the cover of Vogue, who like have shot with all these crazy people who are like the definition of an attractive person. And on when you see photos of them, when you look at their, your, their Instagram, you're like, oh my God, this person's so attractive and so cool. But then when you're around them in real life, you're like, oh, there's like an element missing. Like there's, it's not bringing the presence that I thought it was gonna bring. So there's a little something that I like to call the sauce. Being around these people, you'll notice who has the sauce and who does not have the sauce. And I'm not gonna say that how they look doesn't play any kind of role into that, but the difference between someone who has the sauce and someone who doesn't have the sauce is substantial. You'll you'll be in a room with these people and everyone will navigate or gravitate towards the individual who has this particular type of charisma. What is this sauce? I'll tell you. This is how I would break it down. 
The sauce is someone who knows they're attractive, understands the game that is being played in, in terms of that, understand, understands how feeble-minded people are and how that's not their fault, and can take or leave whether or not you like them or find them attractive or care for them as a person at all. Someone with this sauce can fall and bust their ass and still be the most elegant person in the room. Someone with this sauce can trip on their words and still be the most well-spoken. Someone with this sauce can openly admit an insecurity to you and still be one of the most confident people you've ever met. Because to them, it doesn't matter. And I think that's the reason why Belle Hadid's so cool and Julia Fox is so cool and we find them so attractive or Lady Gaga. Whereas someone like Kim Kardashian is really losing a lot of her appeal right now. Kim Kardashian's one of the most beautiful women in the world, totally. But I would argue that she doesn't have the sauce. Kanye had the sauce and he gave her some of his sauce. It's fuck Kanye, I know. But look, there's really nothing to it. You either got it or you don't. And I still happen to have it, mashallah. I will circle back to this, but I felt like it was important context because it just explains so well that je ne sais quoi. That's literally what it is. It's that I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that the female gaze really like attaches itself to is when it comes to men, the men that are found attractive through the female gaze, like Harry Styles, like Timothy Chalamet, like Pete Davidson, like Harry Styles is not afraid to put on, you know, things that have been deemed feminine, mm-hmm. even though makeup was invented by men, heels were invented by men mm-hmm. because they were insecure about being short. Mm-hmm. And anyways, um, <laughs> and it, it just shows that like men treat the things that women are interested in and like as like things that are th- embarrassing. They're disgusted by femininity. They're disgusted by our interests. And when a man takes those things and doesn't care, it's attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, things that are also like part of the female gaze is like charisma. Charisma isn't just being outgoing or well-spoken. It is about like being a good listener and contributing to the conversation. That's what charisma is to me. It's being captivating. Mm-hmm. And then um, having a sense of humor is is also part of the female gaze because when you can laugh at yourself, like that is something that makes Pete Davidson attractive is he does make jokes about himself. Mm-hmm. And when men take themselves too seriously it's or gross. honestly, when anyone takes themselves too seriously, it's like frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> it's a turnoff. It's an ick. Yeah. It's also confidence, but it isn't arrogance and I think the two get conflated too often confidence isn't like you're so lucky to have me confidence is um just being secure in who you are it's knowing who you are being true to that and not being threatened by anything else like you just are so grounded in who you are that is what confidence is it is not walking around flaunting the things that you have and thinking that you're attractive it it's so much like deeper than that Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a comfortability in your own skin that's confidence um and i think that it gets conflated with like ego because you know men have deemed these material items as like appealing like being muscular and having money and having a nice car and then they get confused and angry when women don't give a shit about that and also men like these things because men are trying to appeal and get the approval of other men. And it's I, there are so many videos I've seen about this mm-hmm. exact topic and conversation on TikTok where, like, I could go deeper into it of, like, men who act like this actually don't like women at all and they just kind of use them as a sex object mm-hmm. and, like, a luxury item. I've seen that comparison a lot, like, um, from men. Men say, like, yeah, I've other guys that – I know, like, treat women like a luxury item. 
not necessarily like we've all met a guy like that yeah absolutely so we all know someone like that just because it's not you or someone in your social circle doesn't mean that they aren't out here ruining people's lives and giving them stds so the pete davidson effect it is kind of a marriage of the female gaze and the sauce because i think the sauce and the female gaze really go hand in hand um because they're both very like they're they're layered and to to put some things into like perspective of who does and doesn't have the sauce because having some examples help so here's some people who have the sauce uh post malone has the sauce 100 percent. he's he is the sauce boss yeah sauce boss for sure <laughs> um the weekend has the sauce mm-hmm julia fox has the sauce absolutely when i don't know if i would have agreed with that before but no she's like she's, queen now yeah yeah she's who we wanted lana del rey to be uh, absolutely um martha stewart has the sauce yes she does megan the stallion has the sauce 100 percent. she love her. yeah she is the sauce mm-hmm. um adam driver yes he has the fucking sauce yes here's some people who don't have the sauce mm-hmm. um kim kardashian yep. like we said um i think both kendall and kylie they don't have the sauce um and this one's i needed to put a controversial one in here um beyonce doesn't have the sauce and it's because she is too ethereal Mm -hmm. she's like not even on the sauce plane she's not even on our planet and megan fox doesn't have the sauce no you know yeah and it's like having the sauce doesn't mean they're not you're not beautiful right you know yeah that's interesting because i feel like in that vogue interview with um was it vogue the interview she did with machine gun kelly when they were like asking questions back and forth to each other and it was like memed for a while that like little piece of personality people were like i sort of love her so it's like people are always looking for the sauce i i mean i love that like um i do like their relationship even though it's weird it's like weird i think that's why i like it yeah i don't think either of them have the sauce but i do like how much they like how deeply in love they are with Mm -hmm. each other yeah that's fun yeah and then it it makes you feel a little excited because you're like oh my god like i want something like that even though we're judging it wouldn't you fucking kill to like be so madly in love and like stupid and not care absolutely that'd be so fun hell yeah um okay so those are some examples of like who does and doesn't have the sauce and why because it's not always a bad reason no beyonce being too ethereal and out of this world to have the sauce i think that's a good reason yeah um but yeah like uh the creator was saying of that sauce video explaining how she sees it and experiences it um it is like that person that everyone's drawn to it's kind of a magnetism and i don't want to like (laughs) the example I kept thinking of is Mr. Liz because even when like people don't know when he is nervous but like everyone gravitates towards him and like wants to hear what he's saying yeah 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 um and it's because he's he likes to have like an intimate conversation like he loved talking to you about the matrix like yeah the first time we bonded over (laughs) and then when he brought up the Bechdel test everyone shut up and was like what's this tall white guy saying (laughs) um so Pete Davidson Mm mm-hmm what makes Peter a hottie? Uh, dudes who are abs- who are upset that women declare Pete hot are also not the kind of people who can take a joke or laugh at themselves. Like if we've all been looking at things through the male gaze, it makes sense why they're like confused. So I think what makes Pete Davidson attractive is the combination of the female gaze and the sauce Mm -hmm. and like i said it is because he can laugh at himself that's a huge part of it like if you before he dated anyone like super famous like i think ariana grande kind of just put him on this level of like people are like holy shit he's he's dating ariana grande yeah um and before that i think he was dating kate beckinsale after but oh, she, after. he was dating uh larry david's daughter before yeah, Ariana. David yeah for a long time um and so now he just has kind of this like track record of dating like some of the hottest women in hollywood and every time the internet blows he's with up emrata now yeah what the fuck i've i've seen theories that they think that that's like a joke a, uh it's like a pr move oh because like pete davidson is like that guy yeah you know yeah um it's always gonna draw attention it's like i it, and yeah. emrata just got divorced i was about to say she like just got out of a relationship yeah so, so she's rebranding shocking. herself as this like as a single smart 
hot woman. And also, like, she might be fucking Pete Davidson. She, yeah. She very might be well could be. Even if it's a PR stunt, she could still be fucking Pete Davidson. Both things can be true. So, um, I, like, I think it's, I think that part's interesting, too, that, like, Pete Davidson is now labeled as, like, that guy. Like, um... You are, you know that you're hot if you're dating Pete Davidson. <laughs> Absolutely. No, there's that. You know you have the sauce if you're dating Pete. Ariana Grande has that line, like, look at you, boy, I invented you about Pete Davidson. Have you heard that, that song? That sucks. Yeah. Um, it, this was before he's like, started oh. dating all these hot women. It was, like, right when they broke up, she had this song. And then he talked about it on his Hot Ones interview. He, like, dropped oh, that man. line. And he was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but, like... I don't think that she invented him. I think that what she did was like show to people that like you can date these like n- like unconventionally attractive men and be such a beautiful woman because he's like a good person and like funny and like fun to be around and like mm-hmm. she loves him and she like wasn't hiding anything in that relationship and it like gave other beautiful women the permission publicly to like yeah. also be like yeah you know what fuck it like Courtney Kardashian marrying Travis Barker, like, that's another example. And, like, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. It's, like, all of these women are dating these, like, men that now, and this, like, ties into, obviously, what we're talking about, but all these men are, like, what is it about, what is it about MGK you think that's hot? And it's, like, it's not all about looks 100% of the time. It, it isn't. Yeah. And, I mean, like, the the original, like, sauce creator said, like, looks can play a role in it but it's not the whole picture mm-hmm. like sure yeah it helps when you're like when you find someone physically attractive but it's not um the overall conclusion yeah like hot is an overall conclusion yes absolutely like, beauty is not it's just like a factor in it and it doesn't need to be present for hot to be a part of the conclusion and that's why i think that the sauce is i think what makes dating apps such a like an impractical yeah, way to can't date tell if someone has the sauce no i've gone app. on so many dates with guys where i'm like this man is like perfect and then i meet him and i'm like Ugh. the sauce ain't there the sauce isn't there no like no personality no, no like charisma like none of that and it's like you don't you there are so many very attractive people that are so so boring there have been a few instances where like i haven't been attracted to somebody when i first met them and then i've gotten to know them and i'm like they reveal the sauce. I'm obsessed with this person because of the sauce. They got a slow burn. Yeah. You know, some of those sauces, you can't taste much at first. And then you get that nice, like, mm-hmm. spicy flavor. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it takes a minute to find the sauce. And that's okay, too. Yeah. And also, if you don't have the sauce, that is also okay. Yeah. Not everyone can have the sauce. No. <laughs> no. But I think there's, like, different people like different sauces, you know? True. Like, I might be, true. like, a marinara and you might be, like, a vodka. That's so true. But, like... I think that that's something I get a lot of questions from like the dating app videos of men being like, I just don't know, like how, like, how am I supposed to answer these questions? Da, da, da. And it's like, just be yourself because like that, like you will come across how you actually are if you're just like honest and like show your personality and like how you present yourself because like that's all that you have is this like little real estate. So like, you know, like your sauce might not fit like your exact type of person, but like it could find like the perfect pasta for you exactly what we're up against too is like these like jordan peterson idiots that are like that think that women want these like men that degrade them and come up to them and they're like yeah your friend is really hot can i get her number like that's the best way to bag her is like if you hit on her friend that's the best way to bag her and it's like we've been telling you like pete davidson is the perfect example of like no we've been telling you that we want like a night somebody that's nice to us and somebody that's funny exactly and like well and we don't want to be like abused that's not like the hottest thing in the world to us is to feel shitty about ourselves like and that's why men should men that date women need to get advice from women about how to treat women not people like fucking jordan peterson or yeah, like don't get advice from men of how women want to be treated no they have because no fucking idea we are out here just saying how we what we like and then people let every time pete davidson's trending it's a bunch of dudes rushing to the internet to be like pete davidson yeah this guy yeah and we, we've had this conversation fellas mm-hmm. we've had it so many times yeah like pete davidson's hot and I, I don't like when people are like, well, he must have a big dick. Like, I think that is kind of like creepy. Totally. And he's also talked about that. Like when Ariana Grande mentioned that in like, or wrote something in the, her music video yeah. for Thank You Next about him having like a big dick. And he's like, that's fucking weird. Like, what if I said something like that? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she has a nice vagina. Like, yeah. that's 
it's icky. Yeah. So totally. I'm, I'm going to agree with him on that because I don't think that's like a selling point no. for someone <laughs> meeting the male, the female gaze and having the sauce. He also, you don't have to have a big dick. But no. big, like we, we've talked about big dick energy. Mm-hmm. You don't need a big dick to have big dick energy. Absolutely not. He said something though after that video came out and he was just like, she just did that. So when people had sex with me they would be disappointed by the size of my dick that was exactly that was her plan <laughs> which i think is so so funny oh my god but um yeah no Who's it's her plan all along people She's are always plotting. like scrambling for reasons of like well it must be this he must have a big dick and it's like that it's because i think that they want to point to something that they can't change it's like well that's yeah. because he has a big dick rather than like oh maybe well, if i was just easy to be around people charisma, would want to be around me charisma and like being magnetic is something that you can't recreate Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to have it and like if you watch his sometimes i'll watch like pete davidson snl compilations um just as like a comfort thing (laughs) (laughs) it's like if i'm sad and sick i'll like watch pete davidson snl Mm -hmm. compilations but when he makes jokes about himself like he makes jokes about his own mental health and like Mm -hmm. things he's done and said and it is this combination of like being able to laugh at himself and um like he he writes these jokes for himself so it shows that he's like creative and smart and witty and those are things that are like um those are quality like having a sense of humor is a quality that uh inherently reflects a level of intelligence that people don't, I don't think people understand right away yeah um like being funny shows that you are able to think creatively and having like a creative thought ability like shows that you are smart (laughs) absolutely and that is just something that you're attracted to I think it also probably reflects a level of emotional intelligence as well because it's not so like straightforward and black and white I think also too like comedians are so attractive to me because like that um the the comedy group that you've sent me videos from like Friday beers or something I think so yeah yeah um those guys are not conventionally attractive and every time I watch one of their videos I'm like I want to marry all of these men right because it's like very clear that they are observant because they do things that like people watch and they're like oh yeah like I do that or like oh I've seen people do that and it's like being observational when you've been dealing with men for so long that don't pay attention to shit is like (laughs) holy shit that's such a good point I haven't thought of it like that way and it's like I think that's like these Jordan Peterson idiots which is I'm just gonna bunch them as that word is like I think that they're they're scrambling for things that they are in that they have no control over to like blame us for being the problem when Mm -hmm. it's like no, if you would just like listen to what we say, treat us well, like don't take yourself so seriously. Like all of these things that are like very fixable, but they're never yeah. going to be the problem. So that's it's, why it's like, well, it's, it's, it's his dick. That's why. It's why. It's like, ew, no. I think the why. most important thing too that everyone should take away from these kinds of conversations, like don't, I don't think we should be placing value on physical appearance no because we all get old Mm -hmm. we all are going to be old we all are not going to be attractive and youthful sure you could be kind of like an attractive older person but it's not the same as when you are young Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being young will always be cool but you so you need to like work on who you are as a person you need to have like good qualities that are going to like carry you through life because you can't have your looks forever yeah and that applies to every fucking person. That yeah. applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people are lucky and they age well, but they also most likely are famous and have money. Yeah. Um, Good doctors. For the most part, we all look like hard-boiled eggs later. True. I don't know if that actually like makes sense because hard-boiled eggs are smooth. But you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. They yeah. do get a little... When they're like a little overdone, they get they do get a little... Yeah, a little... O- you're like an overdone dimply. egg. Yeah. Um... I think it is important too to point out that like the the idea of the female gaze and the male gaze is so like amorphous. Like it's not like some people might be listening and they're like, "Well, oh, I don't look at women that way." And it's like it's it's not specific. It's yeah. not specific to each person. It's just the general societal thing of like how men in society and women in society have like 
see things differently mm-hmm. and it's like they the might be listening ha- it's because the male gaze has been marketed to everyone yeah so even if you don't um like inherently think or see women that way um it doesn't mean that you were like immune to being it being marketed to you because yeah. it's in so many types of media that, <laughs> that we consume so um that's more of what it is like explaining is just kind of like this lens that um media has put on to women and like how we are viewed as a result of that totally it's not like saying like men men the male gaze applies to men all the time totally you know yeah yeah, yeah. um it just is something that caters to like a, a patriarchal capitalist society yeah which is also important to to circle back to um with the video about the like x and y axis because mm-hmm. I was watching that and the first time I watched it, I was thinking how it would, this sounds so men's rights activisty, and I just hear me out, but like how shitty it would be to hear a man speaking that way about like, well, it goes from like boring looking to interesting looking. Like those are the worst dudes on the internet. But then there's this like woman saying this about men. But like, I think that's important to call out that like, cause I'm sure that we're going to hear. And I'm sure that the comments on that video are like, well, if men talked like this, then like, but it's like, no, that's just her axis. Everybody has a different axis. And whether or not you say it out loud, she's just saying the, the quiet parts out loud. Like everybody has their own axis of how they weight attractiveness or what I, they well, find I think hot. That's what she was explaining though is like physical appearance doesn't play a role into it. No, it's like hot is different from person to person. But mm-hmm. like that's why it's an overall conclusion. Mm-hmm. And then ugly to good looking, I feel like all of that can be subjective. And I also think it's important to note that like when you live in a patriarchy, it, like the way it is accepted for women to speak, I think is okay. Uh-huh. Um, and it, that also can vary. Like I see a lot of like, I call it like pink pillars, <laughs> like, like femme cells. Mm-hmm. They're just reversing the male gaze. Yeah. It is, they're, they're reversing it in a way that is like objectifying men. Mm-hmm. And that is not. Okay. No, and no. it's not, that's like not what the female gaze is. Right. And it's also not like what we should be reaching for. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's like two rights don't make a wrong. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, we don't need to be flipping. And that's like not at all like it's like we're celebrating the things about the female gaze feels like it's celebrating the things about men that are like have historically been frowned upon exactly in in our lifetime like the harry styles conversation and like the like him him celebrating like femininity in in a way that like you know he's making it acceptable yeah is what it is because like i said like our interests and and our interests and the things that are like deemed feminine are treated as like grotesque by men. Yeah. Yeah. Like how could a man ever like anything feminine, but it's okay for women to like manly things. Mm-hmm. In fact, they want it. Yeah. Like Megan Fox fixing a fucking car mm-hmm. crushing a couple of cold ones. Yeah. And still being objectified in the process, exactly. which is bonkers. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, at that point, it's literal objectification. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the female gaze differs is it's not about objectification. It's about like creating a space where like we can appreciate things about men yeah. um, that they have been taught they're not allowed to express. Mm-hmm. So damn. Um, yeah. And that's also why like I think the way that creator was talking about like the X and Y the the axis about like finding men hot and like hot being the overall conclusion it it is different because there is just such deep long historical roots of misogyny and sexism and like patriarchal overrule that Mm -hmm. it's not the same it's not the same context Mm -mm. because women have not been raised and taught to objectify men yeah the same way that men have Mm -hmm. so that's why i think it comes from a different place when women do talk like this because it's not coming from a place of objectification and you know being raised to see like everyone in these little like boxes yeah absolutely that's a good way to put it that's a good that's a good way to put it it's also like whenever um drew Fuelo, again queen whenever anybody's like women will make videos about her that are like talking shit and she said she's like i'm never gonna make a video about a woman because like we get enough of it like mm-hmm. there is like 
we it is us against men and like we don't like or like not all men not all not all men but like it's us against these like asshole men and like we should be on the same team i'm not going to play into this whole like idea that like like i don't know i also need to like equally like shit on y'all because historically like i'm up against drew like is up against all of this like historical like pitting women against each other yeah and like men seeing women as like lesser than and Mm -hmm. like we don't need to fight against each other to like get to that to like the holy land on that Mm -hmm. um so yeah no I agree it's not the same thing but it's like it's so interesting like doing what I do online too and people being like okay well now now do women's profiles and it's like it's the fact not, that you assume they're all men yeah, says something. That's another thing. And a lot of them are men. Not all of them are men, but like a lot of them are. And that's... I think a, a big way you can compare these two things is like, okay, Andrew Tate. Are women Ugh. finding him and doxing him and threatening to kill him? No. No. But men are doing that to Drew Afoyla. Mm-hmm. So... Damn, that's so fucking true. It's just people aren't doing these things to men the way that they do them to women and it's because violence against women is something that has existed for a very long time yeah and was acceptable for far too long and when when men get a taste of that on their end they're like whoa maybe like start being like a you know like maybe that's like a little bit of perspective that you need it's just like we're up against different things and obviously this is like speaking in terms of like white men specifically have like significantly less problems to deal with than like really anyone else in the world Mm -hmm. but like i I don't know i don't i feel like i should i need to get off of my soapbox with this a little bit but i do i do feel like it is it's different it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's incomparable to be like well if if men were speaking this way because there's a lot of historical context yeah and that's that's why Mm -hmm. like yeah um i think if we did have like the same historical equality then it would be a different story. I think the takeaway here is there's the female gaze, there's the male gaze, and then there's the sauce, mm-hmm. which is the bisexual gaze. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and with the sauce, the overlap between the sauce and the female gaze is just the unexplainable je ne sais quoi magnetism mm-hmm. that r- underneath it has like an indication of sensitivity and creativity and like emotional intelligence. I think that this is also what bugs me at least and I'm sure it bugs you too about like men being like I don't like how you talked about this thing is like we have spent so much of our lives trying to like yeah you're con- we're, everything we say is police. Yes and like trying to just kind of fit into this place that's comfortable for men and it's like you're not supposed to be comfortable here. No. This isn't a place that we made for you mm-hmm. to feel comfortable. It's yep. a place for women to feel comfortable. Yep. Damn. Also, you did a very good job stacking this conversation. Thank you. I loved your thesis. I was so excited to talk about it. Once I got started, like, kind of building this conversation out, I was like, this is so fun, and it ties into so many things that I am interested in. You should write it on, like, a Medium blog about it. I could. You should. Okay. This one's interesting. Sex um, fact of the week. This is from mensxp.com. Already hate it. <laughs> Sex increases your immunity to pain. Orgasms trigger hormones that help you increase your pain threshold. Pretty short fact, but you know that's interesting. I've I've heard that um having an orgasm can get rid of a headache, but most men oh. make my headaches worse, so that doesn't work for me. <laughs> Have you ever had sex hungover and then you're like not hungover for a brief moment? Never. I do not want to be perceived when I'm hungover. Um, one time I did and I was like, that I was like, oh, sex is getting rid of my headache or my hangover. And then after I was like, nope, I still feel like shit. Damn. But it was nice to, you know, feel human for <laughs> a little Hormones bit. are a powerful thing. They really are. Damn. They trick us. Uh-huh. Which is pretty on brand for hormones. I feel betrayed. Yeah. I mean, hormones betray me all the time. I'll find when yeah. I'm like at a certain point in my I cycle. I am the host, you fucking. <laughs> yeah. When I'm at a certain point in my cycle, like the men that I find attractive, like the next day I'm like. <laughs> hmm. Why? Him? No. Yeah, no. I was ovulating for sure. <laughs> um, and those are the men that listen to Jordan Peterson. 
no, just kidding. Amelia, just kidding. I never no. thought. Just kidding. Meanwhile, I'm literally I'm like, never. I'm like, I haven't felt sexual since I started SSRIs. But yeah, but now you're on something else, baby. Yeah, it's going, it's going better. Good. That's great. I'm, I'm less depressed. I love that. Thank you. Good. That's really, really good to hear. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you think. We love you. Our children.